Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is The Change Zone with your host, Gail McDonald and Susan Sneath. Gail and Susan have created a space where you can explore and test out ideas to step into the possibilities and resources of the change before us. Be your best, make your best life, and bring out the best in yourself and others. So please welcome the hosts of The Change Zone, Gail McDonald and Susan Sneath. Hey folks, I'm Susan Sneath with my co-host Gail McDonald. Welcome. We've got a great show lined up for you today. You're listening to The Change Zone. We're coming to live on the Bold Brave Tea Network. Today is episode 51. That Think You Do with Joseph Carabas. Hmm. Think about it, folks. Stress. Belonging. Workplace preferences, life purpose, some kind of occupation that fulfills your pocketbook, your heart, and your sense of belonging, home and hearth. Does that fill you up or does that deplete you? With this show that Think You Do with Joseph Carabas, we're going to address how we think as humans and how would we make this thinking better. Some resources and sources that will help us to be in the present time. We're going to leap about in history, industrial revolution, neuroscience, holy doodle, and awakening moments. Expect to be invigorated, surprised, and quite engaged with this masterful storyteller by the name of Joseph Carabas. As he noted, There's magic in the world, if we're willing to see it. So, Joseph is what he appears to be and more. He says he's not, so that's his problem. He said, in his words, (laughs) that he's boring and dull. (laughs) Nicely done, Joseph. That's fascinating. It's not true. On the path to becoming boring and dull, which is not true, he's been everything from a long truck hauler to a chief research scientist and held patents covering mathematics, anthropology, neuroscience, and linguistics. Nicely done, Mr. Borendahl. He created a technology (laughs) in his basement that's had use over 120 companies. Now he spends his time writing fiction based on his experience and having conversations with with the likes of us. Not to mention, and yet I will, his upcoming book, that think you do and it's coming up in 2023 so welcome aboard the change zone joseph carapas hi 
Hi, Joseph. Hi there. How are you? Nice. Absolutely delighted to see you, to hear you. We checked in with Joseph ahead of time and we had some fun. So here's Gail and a beautiful, for those of you who are on Spotify and Apple later, she's wearing a giraffe outfit. I, I mean, sweater, not not an yeah. outfit, not like yeah. me in the Lieber costume. Not, <laughs> the, not the whole outfit. I don't have giraffe pants on, please. Let's not go there. Just the sweater. Um, Just the yes. sweater. Yeah. So, yeah, Gail, sure. how are you doing? <laughs> As I bring you on board with my customary grace and Yeah, yeah, that was great in the giraffe outfit. Okay. Well, first of all, um, Thank you, Joseph, for, for joining us. Susan, thank you for that wonderful introduction of Joseph. <laughs> and I'm always thrilled, happy, engaged, uh, delirious sometimes to be in the <laughs> sometimes to be in the change zone with, with Joseph and the guests we've had. It just it makes my week. It really does. I'm so happy our show is on a on a Monday. It just kicks everything off. And um, I I would like I would like to have our audience hear a little bit about the initial conversation that the, the three of us had. I think it was last week, the week before. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. A couple of weeks, there you go. And and I very innocently said to Joseph, <laughs> so are you still celebrating Halloween? I do believe it was after October 31st. And then my education began because I can picture myself sitting around a fireplace with Joseph just in awe. Joseph, I don't think I have met anyone up at this point in my life. And I've been around a while, so I'm a lot of people <laughs> that, that is as diverse, um, educated, uh, wise, has such a great sense of humor, like all these different multifaceted. It's like you're multiple people. And the more I get to know you, the more I get to love you. <laughs> And, and I know that might sound a little weird. We're not talking, you know, personality stuff, but Joseph, I'm just so excited and I can't wait for our audience to really get to know you as I have. And I've had the privilege of reading a few chapters of your, your book. Um, seriously, I, I, I'm just really excited because I know we're going to be in for a great show. There's so many wonderful things that you bring to our table. So Please, what can you tell our guests about the orange spiders and the Halloween decorations, seeing it's almost near Christmas, um, that are still on your wall? What's the story to that? <laughs> Let me start by saying, we're happy to be here with you. No, we aren't. No, yes, what? Um, <laughs> Calm so, down yeah, in there. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, I don't know if, does this thing allow me to uh, move my camera? I just move it by hand. So bear with me, folks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's the spiders. And let's see if I can do this without yeah, throwing anything off. And the beautiful. Oh, yeah. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is a wolf. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I can bring the camera back now. This is so exciting. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. I, I have... I've studied a lot of technology, so I'm really good at moving little tiny objects with my hands. Um, the story about the uh, the wolf and the spider. Um, I spent a lot of years studying different cultures and traveling to be among them. And uh, all the cultures that I studied, Aboriginal cultures, native cultures that have wolf and spider mythologies or archetypes, they tend to always be teacher, spider, and storyteller, I'm sorry, teacher, wolf, and storyteller, mm -hmm. spider. Mm -hmm. So all of these cultures that I was traveling through and learning from were really saying to me that you teach through stories. And I've always wanted to be an author. Now I, I seem to be says that on my royalty statements anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it worked out, you know, um, they were right. And it just took a while to recognize it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but I learned to own the fact, learned to own my history and be who I was, mm-hmm. am, and might have been, be. You never know. Ooh. We're all here, though. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> all, oh, what, six of you or eight of you? I don't know. Yeah, um, really. But, but, but the one of you that I'm most interested in is is the the young Joseph that, you know, how you learned some of these things. You had shared with us that your grandfather was a very big influence in your life. And um, and I found that absolutely fascinating. What, what could you tell our audience about your relationship with your grandfather and how it sort of um, possibly influenced you to really come to where you, or get to where you were and come to where you are and all of that? Uh, happy to do so. And mm-hmm. feel free to steer me if I'm not going in the areas you want me to be in. <clears throat> By the way, can you folks all hear my voice okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Picking it up, registering. Okay, good. Because yeah. yeah, if not, I talk up here, you know, and we don't go. It's quiet, Joseph. Okay. Um, anyway. You can hear you. You're good. Thank you. Um, I was born blind, and uh, I was misdiagnosed at the time. Um and the diagnosis because I was so clumsy and I tripped over stuff and uh, I didn't look where people were talking. You know, I mm-hmm. went like that. Uh, it was decided that I was retarded. Back then we used the term retarded. I apologize mm-hmm. to your audience if that term is offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've lived with it for a long time. So, you know, it's the term that I know how to use. Anyway, um, my parents were going to have me institutionalized, and my grandfather said, no, no, he's not stupid, meaning um, intellectually disabled, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what his problem is. And actually, he didn't, to the best of my memory, he didn't even say problem. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but he's not stupid. So my my parents essentially gave me to my grandparents, my maternal grandparents, Mm. And um, my grandfather and, and my grandmother spent time observing me, watching me, and then bringing me, teaching me their stuff, and then bringing me to others who they believed could give me pieces to help me learn how to navigate the world. Mm. And the end result of this is um, I learned to use my ears, my sense of hearing my auditory abilities, mm-hmm. the way most people would use their vision, mm-hmm. um, you know, to and to recognize my environment, to determine where I should be in a room or how I should be. Um, mm-hmm. Now, to a, to a point that Susan uh, brought up in our previous discussions, I was able to drive. And I, I showed you guys one of my lenses uh, which is pretty thick, mm-hmm. um, but with with very corrective lenses, I was able to just get into the range where licenses were ar- allowed in the state of New Hampshire. Wow! So that's how I could drive. Uh, however, I, <laughs> I I would say to people, you're taking your life in your hands if you get behind in the car with me. Because <laughs> you have to make sure. You have to tell me. Do you know there's a truck coming at you, Joseph? Oh, is that what that big blur is? Oh, okay, good. And the joke I used to tell people was, um, yes, I I know how to drive, and you should see that cane whip back and forth when I'm hitting 60 miles per hour, you know? <laughs> so, so there you go. Yeah. Delightful, delightful. Um, and so then your vision now is, is much better. Um, as you share. Yes, so, multiple operations have corrected yeah. my vision. I still wear, I still wear readers at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can actually, I can actually see across the room, which is amazing. Uh, and I, I told my uh, ophthalmologist, Mm-hmm. When we had the last checkup from the last surgery, mm-hmm. I, I said uh, one of my great dreams in my entire life was mm-hmm. to be able to wake up 
and see my bride, my beloved Susan, oh, right next mm-hmm. to me, just see her. And I said mm-hmm. to him, do you realize what gift you've given me? Because mm-hmm. it used to be, it used to be that I would wake up and I'd reach over and feel her. Mm-hmm. But now I can, wow, look at that. That's mine. I am that person. She chose me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, well, that different been- Susan for our audience, just to be clear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I'm the Susan, Susan in Canada is- in the winter. Yes. You're in the you're Susan, the most wonderful. I believe you call her Susan wife, partner, and then a capital P princess. Yes. Also all-, all Susan, wise woman of the north. And Susan, oh, yeah. she who must be obeyed with oh, there we go. You know, apologies <laughs> to great literature. And, um, you know. I'll and so win. how long have you been married, Joseph? Not that long. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. About, long. We've, been, we've known each other. Uh, we've been together 44 years. We've been married 38. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I chased her six years before she caught me. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you wrote an unusual you wrote an unusual set of wedding vows mm. do you remember yes i didn't think so yeah i, I didn't think they were unusual they, uh what was the question again i talked over you i apologize you, you were i'd like you to tell folks whatever you can remember of your wedding vows because they were you put an interesting spin <laughs> love me i need it um <laughs> Short and sweet. Yes, I'm definitely alone. Come on. And you're looking good, honey. Uh, well, my the wedding vows um, basically came down to, I can't promise you wealth, health, happiness, um, you know, wonderfulness, blah, blah, blah. What I can't promise you is I will change. Mm-hmm. Because that I know I will, I will do. Yeah, yeah. And then it was, be with me through your changes. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, did you? Yeah. My eyes just. I know that was. Yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah, yeah. That was a bit of a. That was a bit of a visual oh, challenge. Oh, we're going to take. Actually, we're going to take a, a brief moment. We're going mm-hmm. to. <laughs> because I looked at that too. And went, Whoa, I can't yeah. see anything. Uh, we're yeah. just going to take a brief moment. I'm Susan Sneed with my co-host Gail McDonald and the extraordinary Joseph Cabas. You're listening to The Change Zone. We're coming to you live in the Bold Brave TV network. When we come back after this break, Joseph is going to let you know the last little piece of that vow he made that seems to have stuck. See you soon. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth, published by iUniverse. Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. 
discover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies. Find settings that allow them to be the most productive and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Welcome back, everyone. What a show it's been so far. I'm Gail McDonald, along with Susan Sneath, our special guest, Joseph Carabas, and you are listening to Change Zone Live on Bull Brave TV Network. So the vows, Joseph wrote his own vows. I've read them out of the book. They were beautiful, Joseph. And so we ended with just um, being, you know, starting to talk about the vows. What else was there to say about those vows? Well, you're going to change. We know that, right? We're going to change, and to also yeah. recognize not all the changes will be good ones. Mm-hmm. We can't guarantee that you know I'm going to get better every day. No, some days you're going to yeah. be a complete and utter freaking asshole. You know, forgive right. the language. Um, right. <laughs> but it's it's more a matter of do you have the strength to say to me you're being an asshole Mm -hmm. and you need to do something differently Mm -hmm. recognizing it's not you need to do something differently it's there has to be a change so that i can be with you Mm -hmm. because it's all about the self as as horrible as that may seem to some people Mm -hmm. uh, all we really have at the end of the day is ourselves Mm -hmm. we go to sleep with ourselves in our mind we wake up you know Oh, look, I still have a body. Yay, hooray. So, yeah. you know, can can we be together? But then, uh, I'm not sure if it was in the vows that I had it in the book, I put, put in the book. But then there was the call to everybody attending the wedding. You be stewards of our changes. Uh, you know, we're calling upon you. And I specifically wrote for my future father-in-law, <laughs> Don, he was such a great guy. I, you know, help us through our changes help me through my changes mm-hmm. help me become what i need to be to be with your daughter mm-hmm. it's a great gift you're you're sharing with me mm-hmm. um when when uh, i decided that i wanted to i wanted to ask susan to marry me scared out of my wits i actually had in my mind, very old world, I had in my mind, I'm going to go ask her father for her hand in marriage. Mm. And I, you know, it wasn't like, let's go out for a drink here, Don. Let's, you know, get together. Let's work on a car and, you know, get greasy together. <laughs> be mad about this. You know, let's go milk a cow together. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I did was he was, <laughs> he was reading the newspaper on the family room floor in their house. <laughs> oh God. And I saw him there and I I mustered up my courage and I leaped over the couch. <laughs> Boom bang onto the floor, skidded. Skidded into first place, first plate, you know, home plate, whatever. Uh and went, Don, I'd like to marry your daughter. Is that okay with you? <laughs> He's looking at me like uh, what planet were you from again? Where did you come from? What? Who are you? At least the couch was still standing up, Don. Come on, give me a break. But he was he was really upfront about it. He said, I had my concerns when I first met you, but yes, I think you'd make a good husband for her. And uh, um, so he was part of the vows. We called mm-hmm. upon him. We called upon everyone in the, in the, at the wedding. Yeah. Um, to recognize not all changes would be good. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, in one sense, you may not like this change, give it time. It may yeah. turn out to be a really good change that I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure out how to make this one work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because every time people change how they are, mm-hmm. They're doing it to answer a question. Mm-hmm. They don't know necessarily what the question is, but someone says, I've decided to go out and learn how to be a, a chef. There's a reason that they suddenly went from being 
you know, uh, a, a programmer, a computer com programmer, to mm -hmm. deciding to be chef. What was it that the chef was the answer to the question they were asking themselves without realizing it? So changes mm -hmm. are answers to questions. And sometimes mm -hmm. when we answer a question, whether we're aware of the question, aware of mm -hmm. the answer or not, we need to mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, we need to refine the answer mm -hmm. because the answer starts pretty big. And we go, we don't need that part. And we don't need that part. That part I need to make more. You know, it's kind of like painting. Mm -hmm. Or in my case, when I write a, a, a write a story or something, I will write, write, write. And then in the editing process, I go, wow, that's, that's a really beautiful paragraph that I don't need in the story. And then I cry for like four days. <laughs> it's a beautiful paragraph. <laughs> but yeah. I put it somewhere else. I put it for, for a future story. And then people go, the hell was that paragraph in the story? Couldn't like look at us from else. What is this? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. All of us. Yeah. This goes back to you. Yeah. All of us are in here having a good time. Ah! Having a good time. <laughs> wow. Um, always a different avenue to go down in the change zone. Um, and and I, I can't help myself now. Well, I could, but I choose not to. Um, is that what you just talked about? With your uh, the, the vows, you know, we're talking about, you know, vows are, are something very important that were written for us centuries ago when we got married, right? And now vows are still the beautiful, but people are rewriting them and they're making them more uh, personal, uh, more realistic for their own for their own lives. And I think of tradition. And Joseph, I would really love for you to. Tell that story about birth control, um, because that to me was really mind blowing. I had never heard that, and I think it's amazing. And and it's a little odd for me to be asking you now at the ages we all are. Let's talk about birth control in the change zone. Oh yeah. However, seriously, um, got a grip, Gail. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but unapologetically, <laughs> can you please tell the story about birth control? Mm -hmm. I love it. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, I got on birth control because Susan hit me with a rock. <laughs> uh, and now for your End of your story. Audience. Okay, now we're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now for your audience. Uh, the first, uh, what, we, what we believe is the first currents recognized uh, method of birth control uh, is 35,000 years old. This is, you know, birth control, 35,000 years. What did you do? Just ran away from people? No, <laughs> actually, what it was, um, 35,000 years ago in Europe, uh, people followed the herds. That's because mm -hmm. we weren't farmers at the point in time. We were still hunter-gatherers and, you know. Um, so... There was a group uh, that had to go from Italy over the mountains through France into Northern Europe and then back down. That was their yearly migration as they followed the animals. Mm -hmm. The uh, in, in one excavation, we found a stone. We found uh, a, an engraving, a carving on the stone. And we recognized from the shape and size and heft of it that it was something held by small hands. Mm. So, okay, children or women, not the men. And it was obviously something passed around, passed along. It was, if you will, a hereditary device. It was something mm -hmm. that was given generations. And there were markings on this stuff. And, you know, various people are going, what the heck? Oh, my God. You know, is this some kind of weird geometry puzzle that they had to solve? You know, and one, one individual who didn't have a background in much of anything <clears throat> to be, that you would recognize as anthropology, went, that's a constellation. It is. And come nightfall, oh, my God. And it was the constellation. And what it was, 
was a signal, if you will, for the women. When you see that constellation here at this point in the sky, that means the herds are going to migrate, which means you're going to be traveling for five to six months over very rocky, very bad terrain. Okay? Four to five months, whatever it was. So do not let your males come at you because you don't want to be carrying a child when you don't know what you're going to encounter. You don't know the hostiles. You don't know the wildlife. You don't know the mountains you're going to be climbing over. You don't know what the weather conditions are going to be. Wait until you know you can deliver that child until it is safe. So when this constellation is not in the sky, yeah, have have at it, folks. Enjoy yourselves. But when you see this, nothing. And it's, it is amazing to me, 35,000 years ago, well, they didn't have any technology. No, they did. They had amazing technology. They made you, this is what we were talking about earlier, make use of what you have at hand. Mm-hmm. I say earlier, I'm talking about another time we discussed. But anyway, um, make use of what you have literally at hand. Mm-hmm. You know what's in your environment. You know what you can see, what senses you have available to you, what you can experience. Mm-hmm. That that symbol, that thing, when you see that up there, no. Mm-hmm. When you don't see it, yeah, go knock yourselves up because you're like, you know those guys, they've been waiting months. and. Are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Joseph, was do you think the rock was? I mean, I know you weren't there. Was the rock actually used just to throw at them? If it's like stay away, it's like a warning. Just I got this rock. No, so just I, gonna, I, yeah. I don't think so because you would not want to damage something that that kind of valuable information. It's kind of <laughs> right. like you would want to throw your hard drive at something that That's what I was just break. And let's face yeah. it, guys' heads are pretty thick, right? <laughs> so a guy's head might break the rock. Okay, well, you said you know, that. Wait, not. And the guy goes, I'm sorry, what was that? What do you want? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you want to bother? What was that? I don't guess that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You dropped this is, rock, Mom. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating, though, how we, we perceive that to be so primitive, yet if it wasn't for those things happening, we may not be where we are at today. And yeah, because... It, just, it fascinates me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we're going to hear more about all of this and see what other wonderful, entertaining, educating More about stories, birth control with rocks. More about yeah, birth other control using moments. rocks. Yes, exactly. When we come back from a short break, I'm Gail McDonald, along with Susan Sneath and uh, Joseph Carabas, and you are in the Change Zone. We are live on Bold Brave TV Network. We won't be long. See you soon. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, Open support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. 
Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for the Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BDM Global Network. Welcome back, folks. I'm Susan Sneath with my co-host Gail McDonald and the wonderful Joseph Carabas. You're listening to The Change Zone. We're coming to you live on the Bold Brave TV network. And wow, we are waking up all sorts of parts of ourselves. Oh, this is fantastic. So now, Joseph, what I would like you to share with us. I mean, you mentioned everything's going to change, but we don't know sometimes what is ready to change. And yet you told us a story about uh, you on a, a trip and then you had an awakening moment. So would you lead us in there, Joseph, please? I'll do my best. I'll take I you on a that. trip and hopefully we can all wake up. Um, <laughs> I was driving down the highway and uh, a fellow did a truly excellent job of cutting me off at high speed uh, to the point where I hit my brakes, swerved into the uh, breakdown and then into the the gutter, if you will. Um, and that was at the time more than I just, obviously I had a lot of anger action because I decided that I was going to give, I was going to change this person's face and the other parts of his body, which I could get close to. So I got back on the road. I saw where he was going. The exit followed him into his office's office building's uh, parking lot. And, um, you know, he's suddenly realizes, oh, my God, this is the guy. I mean, I, did, did he really realize he cut me off? Considering how he looked at me and the fear on his face, I think he realized he had not done a good thing. Um, but anyway, you know, I was coming at him. And uh, I got out of the car, and you know he was stopped, and he had had a bag phone. You guys remember the bag phones? Oh my goodness, yeah. Huge. And so he picks yeah. up his picks up his phone out of his bag, and I just snapped the antenna off of his car. I said, "Go ahead, and make your call." Mm-hmm. He's he's really terrified now, and I just as I'm looking at this guy's face. And I just clear as a bell. I remember, I remember hearing this. This is not how Grandpa taught you to live. This is not how Grandpa mm-hmm. wanted you to be. Wow. And I just, I looked at this guy, and for lack of a better term, my internal rage melted. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do. Why would I want to do anything to this fellow? He, as we were saying earlier, he had a reason to do what he did. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his reason was. But I don't believe people wake up in the morning and say, yeah, today I'm going to be an idiot. I'm going to be a mother, you know, just do as much destruction. as I think people genuinely get up and say, I'm going to do my best. They may not say consciously, but mm-hmm. so this guy... Did he, did he intentionally cut me off? He knew he did something, but was that a reason for me to respond with the energy that I had? No. Mm-hmm. So I just, no, no. I apologized, got back in the car and took off, got home. And, uh, I told Susan what had happened, and I said, I need to change my life. I'm not happy being who I am. I'm not happy living the life I'm living. And as I, as I'm not sure if I mentioned during this broadcast, but we spoke earlier, mm-hmm. I was really at the top of my game. I was one of the top three, you know, great technical authors in the world. We were doing well. Um 
no, no, I'm not happy. This is not making me, this is not how grandpa meant for me to be. This is not what he taught me to do with my life. Mm -hmm. So I literally shut down everything about my life, uh, which made my publishers thrilled. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I did what I did. I filled, fulfilled my contracts. And um, I began making my work, my daily work, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15, 16 hours a day, relearning what grandpa had taught me, rethinking, re-experiencing everything he taught me, relearning to do everything he taught me to do. And as I mentioned earlier, he would bring me to people he thought could help me. Mm -hmm. So I would seek them out. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, their, that generation pretty much that my grandfather's generation at this point in time had passed. So mm -hmm. if I could not find them, could I find someone who had worked with them, one of mm -hmm. their children, or one, somebody who studied with them, somebody mm -hmm. who knew them, somebody who had listened to their life experiences? Yes, I could. And then that's what led me to do a lot of traveling, um, really, traveling to and yon. One of which, uh, one of the things that ended up happening because of all this was Susan and I spent time in uh, Scotland, which was, oh my God, I love Scotland. For, for all your audience who is from that blessed place, Game of Ashe um, which is, hello, how are you today? How are you today in uh, Gaelic, Scots Gaelic? Uh, I learned to speak Scots Gaelic. Uh, from several people, but primarily from a gentleman by the name of Cullum McKenzie, who was um, Lewisiach. He was he's a man of the Isle of Lewis, Lewisiach. And God love him. You couldn't understand his English when he was sober. <laughs> when he had a couple of scotches in him, he was like, slow it down, Cullum, please. Slow it down. And it, it, um, it would crack me up because as I was every time I learn a new language if there's a phrase that I don't have in that language I will cycle through all the other languages I know so I'm asking him to slow down in Italian no that doesn't work no I'm asking him to slow down in French no 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 that doesn't work no no I'm going to look that no no he won't know that no so but it was it was it was wonderful it was truly a wonderful experience um, and also let me let me lay off you this. For all of your audience, should you ever get to the Isle of Skye, west side of the Isle of Skye, three mm. chimneys, go there. If they have salmon stuffed steak, you have to have it. My mouth waters remembering it. It was the most incredible meal. Susan had venison. Oh, God, my Lord. Okay, I'm done. I'm quiet now. I'm back. <laughs> However, you mentioned that just because you know a language doesn't mean you're better understood. Would you tell us about that time in Scotland where you're you're speaking Gaelic? Oh, uh, <laughs> this is this is on the Isle of Skye, uh, and we we did bed and breakfasts while we were there, studied, um, and on the Isle of Skye, we were staying with this wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful woman who is the age I was, I am now, but back then, oh, she was old. Well, um, but anyway, no offense. Come on, give me a break. This I'm telling you, like thirty-five years ago. Uh, anyway, so, you know, she knows I want to learn Gaelic, so she's talking to me in Gaelic. Okay, we're going. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm picking it up now. Okay, right. We're doing back and forth. And she had a friend come over the house who was literally from the next village over. And she's speaking Gaelic. I don't have a clue what you're saying. Because <laughs> Gaelic, Gaelic, much like uh, the, the Chinese dialects I've studied, you travel 10 miles, you get an entirely different language. Mm -hmm. It's, it, you know, I know that sound, doesn't that sound mean like you're going to be nauseous now? Is that your, your clearing throat? No. Oh, that's that's the letter seven. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's because it, I said to somebody, I said bad bad Gaelic sounds to me a lot like really severe Hebrew. 
And they went, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, one of the great things about, about uh, the Chinese dialects uh, is you can have two people talking, and if this person doesn't understand what this person said, this person will grab this person's hand and draw oh. the sign for the word. And they're, oh, okay, no, I got it, you know. So, like, my mm. palms were raw. I can tell you. Please, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> how many languages do you speak? I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you have a few under your bonnet, but. No, I have no? trouble with English. Let's face it. <laughs> well, you could have fooled me because you say some pretty big words that I've had to look up in the dictionary. I'd be um, good English, are me? Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Um. So, Joseph, I'm fascinated by uh, yet another topic. And when you speak of languages, I think of our mind. I think of the brain. I think of uh, one of the chapters that you've you've written um talks about organizing and getting things done and and you know the 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 recipe card system and and that i found really fascinating and yet you know i mean we we've we chuckled here a lot today uh your sense of humor is just over the top um i love it um and you're definitely in the right place uh in the company of susan the, the humorist uh, extraordinaire. Um, but there is, there is a, uh, an educational component. Like there, there's something in our brains that support how we think and what we do and how we learn to do it and how we unlearn. Um, and neuroscience I know is a mass topic and I don't think we have enough time to cover it, but what are some of the things that you could share with people that could perhaps support them in benefiting by knowing a little bit about this topic and maybe changing some of the habits that they would like to as you have when you came to those pivotal moments in your life. Um, well, let's, let's, let's blend language okay. with neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who are native English speakers, mm-hmm. and especially for people who are native British English speakers. The language is designed to create order. Mm. One of the ways this comes out in everyday conversation is the idiom, did you get that all sorted? That is a very common expression in British English. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did that work out in your favor? Did that work out in your favor? They're showing you the line followed that work out in your favor did you get that all sorted this to this to this to this mm-hmm. um now contrast that with uh, romance languages which are very idea driven when you have learned as a child to speak romance languages especially italian which was my original language mm-hmm. um when you when you uh, our first, when you're learning uh, a romance language is your first language. Mm-hmm. The language used to, I haven't been over in Italy, um, support concepts mm-hmm. and categorizations rather than linearity. So this to this to this to this versus big picture pieces of. Okay. It's really amazing when you, when you think about how the languages are structured, how the EU managed to get along. Um, because they are literally, through years of speaking a given language, they are wired differently. The, you know, language causes wiring in the brain. The brain uh, adapts to different languages. Uh, and Look at the the idioms, their colloquialisms in a given language, and that gives you an indication of what is hierarchical, what is uh, vertical or uh, horizontal versus vertical in their in their language and the culture of the people. Mm-hmm. Now that actually gets into what's called social linguistics. 
<clears throat> there are, when you study linguistics, <clears throat> excuse me, you can study linguistics, linguistics, which is a wonderful science. I love it. You can also study sociolinguistics, the languages we, we learn from our cultures. Sociolinguistics is where we get our jargons. So if you are a, a physician, a medical expert of some kind, you know that there are very specific words to describe shoulder injuries. Mm. Um, you know, I, I learned an awful lot about what's called visual science and vision when I went through everything I did. Mm. Really understand how did my brain get wired the way it did. Mm. Um, humor is another thing that's wonderful. But anyway, so the first thing in where we pick up our jargons is social. What society, what social states do we find ourselves in? Lawyers have a very specific jargon, and I don't mean jargon pejoratively. It's the language of that culture. Right. From, there, from there, we go into psycholinguistics, which is how my mind, your mind, and your mind uses the language to establish presence, to establish being. Okay. Then you go after that, we go into neural linguistics, not neuro-linguistics. Uh, neuro-linguistics is NLP. Neuro-linguistics is how the brain has altered and does alter our understanding of language. One of the ways that neuro-linguistics really is at the root of everything else is how we remember stuff. Well, we have we're to have that one thing now to take a short yeah, break. Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh, dive into that good. after break. This is good. Perfect. Yeah, I'm Gail McDonald, along with Susan Sneath, uh, Joseph Carabas, and you are listening to The Change Zone live on Bull Brave TV Network. We'll be right back with more on neural linguistics. See you shortly. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, finds its birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folkstyle Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all the tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorin, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorik has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live to Dare to Soar, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network, and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkitty.com. Welcome back, everyone. What a ride we have been on today. And we are in our last segment of uh, The Change Zone uh, with Susan Steeth, Joseph Kravis, and myself uh, with that think you do. So we left off at neurolinguistics. Joseph, you were just beginning to talk a little bit about NLP, which is so vast. And just wondering in the short time that we have left, what could you tell our listeners about that? Well, <clears throat> not not NLP, which is neuro linguistic program, oh, but right. neural linguistics. Right. Right. Uh, and neuro linguistics is how the brain itself has wired itself 
so that we can process language, which deals heavily deals with how memories are formed and stored. Because majority of people uh, think, believe it or not, think auditorially. We hear our thoughts, which All is a right. fascinating subject in itself. Yeah. Because uh, people who who like I will always I oh, surprise. I'll hear different voices. I know you're shocked. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm an author, because I do a lot of writing, my characters will have conversations with themselves, and I'm just like, I'm taking notes. Yeah. Go, go, go. yeah. Hit them with brick. Right. Hit them with a stone. That's going on them. Go for it, lady. <laughs> um, but uh, people who have auditory, the reason, the reason most people are auditory thinkers is because. Auditory for most people is the secondary channel of information. They are visual. They cannot stop visualizing. They cannot stop seeing. So they hear their thoughts. Whereas me, I didn't see as a child. Most of my most of my processing is visual. Or what I mean, you would not recognize it as visual because I didn't know what vision was. But I will have shapes where I link things together rather than mm. word chain. So there you go. That's that is that is an example of neural linguistics. Yeah, yeah. So just did that distinction between the two, neural versus neural. And yeah. in your book, you do talk a little bit about that. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for folks. But um uh, I really appreciate the book because you give the science behind a very practical thing. And I, I like that. That's how my, my mind works. And it helps me to do things if I know how to get better at it and have a process. Even though I'm really creative and, as I've said before, live in the land of unicorns, I do still have a practical side. And it's really helping me a lot. I just want to thank you so much again for gifting the world with this information that will be coming out uh, in the new year. And um, I would just like to also say, um, you know, thank you. Thank you so much again for doing that and for providing us with a, a really great, great topic, many topics today. But I'd also like our listeners to know where can they find you? And what else would you like to leave them with, Joseph, as we get close into our, our wrap-up? And any other great, you know, resources that you have to share? You talked about your other book. So maybe you could give them the title on that as well. Uh, most times you can find me deep in the woods. Or, <laughs> or in a state of bliss. Or in a state of bliss. <laughs> or avoiding, avoiding rocks with little pictures on them. Um, right. <laughs> uh, where they can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Goodreads. Uh, there's my blog, josephcarabas.com. I know that's an amazingly creative title, but you know, go for it. Um, it works. Amazon, you can find me on Amazon. Um, mm -hmm. That thank you do the first volume. Uh, oh, we're still in November. It should be at the end of December or early January Ooh. of 23. Excellent. And, um, you know, you can find all of my books. You can read all of my work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, you can. What uh, is the name of that that book? You said if if I like short stories, tales oh, around the tales, that title? tales told round celestial mm -hmm. campfires. Mm -hmm. That's a collection of uh, short stories and, and some novella length stories that were published back in the days of print. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, mm -hmm. We just collected them all together into a, a volume. It leads lead story in there. Dancers in the Eye of Kronos is the lead story because it is Susan's favorite story. Um, and if you read it, you may understand why. Yes. Um, right. She's such a beauty. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, again, thank you so much, uh, Joseph. Uh, we have to have you back. That's all there is to it. Yeah, we'll be yeah, absolutely. You can have me front and, so, and back. Why front limit yourself back on with all the voices of the wait, all and, the voices you can come up with? Yeah, and sideways too, and you know, yeah, yes, we need the monkey okay. with the walnut story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> There's always more, and so yes. the the whole point of doing this is, folks, we recognize we are living in stressful times. 
We mm -hmm. are filled with fast-paced schedules, financial pressures, emotional disruption, physical ailments, and relational instability. This is Joseph saying in one of his awakening moments. It can be too easy to feel victimized and fall into a normal quality of life, and yet who wants normal? So the change zone brings episode number 52, The Power Between, Relationships by Design, with Dan and Carol Oler. These two folks, Dan and Carol, are certified coaches in their various realms. They sparkle and they listen. They live in a secluded rural paradise near Sangudo, west of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. They're authentic, humble, and share joy, love, and fun wherever they go. And they do two-on-two -two coaching. We're looking forward to seeing them soon. We want to help make the world a better place by connecting ideas with people, extraordinary folks who are making a difference in the world. Well, amazing folks like Joseph and all the rest came into the change zone, and we continue to highlight the tips, wit, and wisdom we've all shared and how we've started to integrate them. You can connect with us through our website, changezonetalk.com, creating the community that embraces change, one rock, one conversation, <laughs> one game-changing story at a time. Everyone is welcome in the change zone. This has been The Change Zone with hosts Gail McDonald and Susan Sneath. Come join the conversation each week and reveal how our sense of personal space, habits, purpose, and people shape our destinies and our comfort zones. Everyone is welcome here in The Change Zone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.